All right, we're in the zone now. This is happening. This is real. We're almost in the zone. We'll we'll, we'll flow into yeah. the zone. This is real, though, right? It's real, real. Okay, Joe, welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful Brian, to be welcome. Here. Thank you. <laughs> Got two Brian's today. Uh, it's a Brian sandwich right now. No, it's, it's a, a Joe. It's a Joe sandwich. It's a Joe sandwich on on Bry. Yeah, <laughs> on Bry. <laughs> It'd be better uh, if we were Ryan. All right, we're starting this thing over. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I actually did. I I, re- I just recycled that joke. I made it one time with two friends named Ryan that were both hitting on the same girl. I was like, you guys need to do this. Uh, call, it a, <laughs> call it a sandwich on rye bread. <laughs> Yeah, so how did it go for them? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was a text thread. Yeah, <laughs> that's the safest place to experiment with uh, dark she humor. She blocked everybody. <laughs> yeah. So uh, If I so, start, if I munch ice in the microphone, yeah. you, need to, you need to yell at me. That just means you're enjoying yourself and your tequila. Oh, so, tequila um, sounds good. Tequila is good. What do we have? We have an iced coffee. What'd you put in? This just milk. So yeah, well, let's just get right into the really interesting stuff here. Um, yeah, we're drinking iced coffee. Tequila and iced coffee. We're on different. We're, all uh, I do is uh, different zones right now. Yeah, I I I make I make Chemex. I use the Chemex and mm-hmm. I do Cafe Bustelo, mm-hmm. and then I just let it sit, and then I put it in the refrigerator, and that's what I consider iced coffee. Mm-hmm. But what what else did you put in there? Milk. Uh, uh yeah, a little bit of milk. A little bit of milk. Okay. Yeah. That's what iced coffee I, is, right? It's just coffee that you make cold. It's some, like yeah, cold some, brews some people make, uh, yeah, some people make like that concentrated stuff so that when the ice melts, the coffee still tastes strong. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's no hemp in here. Let's uh, let's do this <laughs> podcast about iced coffee. These are, C- <laughs> these, are, these are CBD ice cubes. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Oh, man. What is, that is weird, though, right? Like, they have CBD cocktails now, CBD-infused cocktails. Is CBD's that a, great, man. But, I mean, like... So, you're like, I'm a little hammered, but my inflammation's great. I just feel like... <laughs> I feel like that whoever figured that, there's like, now we have another thing we can upcharge people for on a cocktail. A lot yeah, and I think also, too, I think a lot of it is in stuff like that, I think it's they're kind of trying to take advantage of people who don't really know better and they think they're getting like a marijuana drink and it's like no it's just yeah it might well they do those too though <laughs> right but that's different right yeah yeah, yeah. And that's obviously we know why they're doing that are there weed drinks fucking oh, weed stoned drinks, yeah. and drunk dude <laughs> that's too much I don't know if I'd want to drink my weed I, I guess I'd have to yeah. get used to it I had a friend who used to talk to me and we'd say we said he said he used to like to drink sake and I was saying man sake is so interesting because like when when the first time you drink sake is probably just drinking cheap hot sake at a fucking sushi restaurant that was for me and I was like whoa this is such a weird experience he's like yeah man he reminds me of drinking and smoking weed at the same time <laughs> like somehow somehow like it was it affected your brain in a way I feel like there's a, there should be didn't. separate worlds I think I don't know like weed one, and drinking one, yeah like for me drinking is like something oh, that I yeah. do to uh, like put it this way as soon as I have like a beer or any kind of drink at all. I, I'm not working at that point. I'm not gonna. There's nothing productive yeah, too. that is gonna happen. Nothing really creative that is gonna happen. Like it just all. It just turns my brain into another gear of I'm just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then, but if I smoke weed, then it's like. I wish I wasn't hanging out with people right now so that I could be working. You <laughs> I, know, know. I kind of feel the same way. Like, I feel like you, marijuana is like, it's like something that enhances my work. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and, but like, if I want to stop and have a drink, it's like, I, 
I don't want to have a drink until I get like all my shit done. Because if I started having a drink, exactly. then I then I want to be in the mode of like, okay, now I'm just going to watch a movie or whatever. I'm just going to chill out now. Yeah, some kind of electric guitar needs to start happening somewhere. <laughs> that should always be happening. Somewhere. <laughs> I can I can work sometimes drinking. Uh, we yeah, you can definitely work on weed. It can like focus you on whatever it is you're mm-hmm. trying to focus on. It can be really good. Uh, but alcohol, like yesterday. I sat at, I don't know if you guys know uh, the, what is it? At the happy hour deals at Frothy? Mm-hmm. You can get two for one glasses of wine. It's like oh, yeah. six bucks for like two, on a Wednesday two or whatever. Wine. Any, oh, wow. any day. I don't oh. really, it's funny. I, I end up going to Frothy pretty often, the one near here. For those before not the in podcast. Nashville, there's a place called um, Frothy Monkey that is like a coffee restaurant. Um, but it also has a full bar now. But it also has a bar. Yeah. yeah, they do wine and stuff, and you can get terrible name, good stuff. Yeah, Frothy Monkey. So a bunch monkey. of beers there, too. It's like a rabid monkey. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, they should just called it Rabid Monkey. When, yeah. when they first opened that one on 12th Avenue, South yeah. was the first one. I remember seeing that and being like, "There's no way they're gonna make it because mm-hmm. that is the dumbest name for a place." That place is always packed. They're owned by Bongo and everything, right? Or is no, it, no, or no, they different? different, different, no, different, different. Uh, group. Yeah, and I and I also want to say we're really sticking with the coffee theme. Today. Yeah, yeah. Really, I don't know. I don't escape it. I almost want to say too that now the different locations have different owners, but I don't know if that's true. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I drink a lot of coffee, so I hear these things. So when you're when you're um, <laughs> so if you're doing a mural. You probably can't be drunk, right? Oh yeah, I can. You can. Oh yeah. But what about like if you're on a <laughs> not lift? hammered? Not like on a lift. Yeah. Really? Not hammered. Yeah, yeah. I don't really get hammered though. Like yeah. when I'm drinking. Yeah. My body kind of shuts down after like mm. like a good buzz. You know, mm. my body doesn't shut down. I mean, like I I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to go past a certain yeah. point. I'm the same way. Like I'm. I feel like I always thought I was rare in that way. Like where some people are like, I don't know, it just got away from me, and then I got wasted or whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. certain people that just there's a switch that flips, and all of a sudden they're just drunk. I've I've probably been drunk, really like like actually drunk three times in the past twenty years. Yeah, I've mm. never. The only time I ever have not remembered something was my twenty second birthday, and someone was like, Yeah, dude, you came in and saw me at the bar. And I was like, I don't remember that. And that was, but I remember everything. I remember like getting. I remember being way too drunk and just not like I don't like that. I, don't I, know, I feel I like there's like a, actually a blackout culture thing for the like younger blackout uh, culture, That's like where they just like where it's almost like not as it's like a mark of success for them to go out to the point of blacking out but and then now like, yeah I, like, thought, I thought like nowadays kids were more like they don't want to do drugs and they don't want to drink well I guess <laughs> I guess maybe, we just maybe, don't understand maybe kids there's, just, <laughs> maybe there's some of both like yeah, there's something like that then the other people yeah. are like fuck that we're gonna 20s, get wasted I, <laughs> I see very few drunk high 12 year olds <laughs> most 12 year olds Brian they don't even want to drink yeah they think well, it's yucky <laughs> <laughs> I, do you remember? Do you remember the first alcoholic drink you ever had? I just remember like I drinking do. like my dad's Lowenbrow. <laughs> you know? Oh well, I had like wine coolers growing up, but I remember Tonight, the first time. The first time I got drunk, <laughs> it was a it was a New Year's thing, and I I went. Oh, right. uh, I was at the grocery store earlier that day with my grandma. She was in town from uh, Miami. She lives in Miami, and. Uh, we went and I convinced her to buy me this handle of like it was a Bacardi Mojito like mixed because I didn't know I just saw something when we were going I was like hey uh, will you buy this for me because I was going to a friend's house later for some New Year's thing and it was so gross but I did get drunk 
but I was dating someone at the time and she got more drunk. So my first time being drunk, I had to take care of a, a like very drunk girl all night. Mm. Literally. It's rough. Yeah. Do the holding, <laughs> the holding the hair. Basically. Yeah. yeah. We were in the bathroom. I was like falling asleep on the bathroom floor yeah. like while she was puking. You're like, this is, <laughs> this is all the fun stuff that the older people are doing. Now yeah. I get to be miserable right, too. Yeah. It's like, wait, this is what I thought in it was. In a friend's basement. <laughs> it is funny though. Like you get to the point where there's some pivot point in your life where you're like you know what i'd rather just have a less stuff that is quality yeah like uh because when i was a teenager you we would like steal mad dog from the drugstore yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. And, and then like go to the fair yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's awesome. it's that like, was a crazy sentence disgusting like <laughs> yeah. disgusting uh grape flavored like you know uh hobo wine type of stuff i yeah i i don't quality's great but i still don't need it really yeah yeah, yeah. Well, for beer i need low quality i the high quality beer actually is bad mm-hmm. for me like it gives me a headache i can't do mm-hmm. yeah a lot of that stuff i mean like a lot of you know, one that of the things beer. that's, that's yeah. tough about that yeah a lot of the craft beers and stuff is that it's got like i mean it's like this is stronger than wine and you drink it by the pint and it's like god damn it like i yeah. didn't i didn't want to get fucking wasted i wanted to have a beer with my friend yeah. <laughs> you know? so like I've, I've gotten into situations where it's like you got to like double check that that uh that gravity you know alcohol by volume number and see what you're getting into before you order something you haven't had before i don't fuck with beer like at all why don't do wheat just cocktails gluten mm-hmm. no gluten uh, I'm a bougie bitch what does yeah. that what do, why, why do you not do gluten what does it do if inflammation you do gluten? makes my yeah. body hurt yeah that's interesting like I chowed a burger at Melrose last night or we were playing pool I was playing pool with a friend mm-hmm. and I just like had barely eaten all day so I was just like I'm just gonna you know slam this burger and like immediately like my nose starts running and I just I my body hurts it just aches huh. everything aches yeah so anything I can do to make my body not hurt I'm just going to avoid yeah, whatever okay. that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you I drink still, tequila at the bar then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tequila tequila soda is my go-to uh-huh. for sure. Um, just like straight liquor, a clear mm. liquor. And like, mm. while, if you're drinking water, you can get like a good buzz, feel totally fine the next yeah. day. Yeah, that's yeah. the way to do it. The only time I drink beer is actually when I go out at home. I only drink like red wine usually. Mm. So Wine's fun. Yeah. I like wine. But you play, well, you play, I feel like if I played guitar, I would drink more. It feels like it feels like that's something you should do together. I prefer. <laughs> I, I when when I used to play shows, I would. I think I would play better. People even told me I would play better, like when I would drink, because it does it. It relieves you know, like anxiety and inhibition and sure. stuff like that. And so you're not thinking about stuff, and you're just kind of playing. But I find right. it, it can kind of I can kind of lose some feeling with it. Uh huh. Um obviously you know kind of numbs you out and stuff mm-hmm. uh weed used to really fuck up my like music shit mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I've like like your inner conversations like right now everybody's watching me why is that light so blue? <laughs> yeah. like, what is happening yeah. yeah yeah what's this note is this one right <laughs> um but i've found <laughs> is that this one right i yeah and i would be like playing completely off key like in a completely different key uh-huh. and just not even like everyone's like looking at me like what yeah. the fuck is this guy doing but that was that was that was when i when i kind of first started smoking weed and so yeah. it does build up a lot of that anxiety and stuff mm-hmm. so i was just like riding this wave of anxiety just like oh shit yeah trying to play um but now i feel like i've kind of i've kind of figured out how to you know alleviate some of those uh anxiety things and just kind of like feel it and it has kind of helped me feel the 
the music stuff more but i do have a since i'm not playing guitar professionally or anything like that anymore i feel like i have a much better relationship with it now mm. yeah I, I i feel that I, I i miss that feeling of like when you're young and you're playing a show mm. it was just like that is the biggest deal like the last time i yeah. played like in a band i that was a few years ago and we would play shows and i would be like sort of excited about it i guess or whatever yeah but i'm more just thinking about like uh i don't want to set up anything i don't want to carry anything <laughs> yeah i don't want to uh, like one of those things you don't think you're about playing, and you're playing drums right yeah <laughs> oh, that's, that's, it's also like you know like when you're on rock and roll time and then you're supposed to go on at this time but then oh, you yeah. know it's not going to be for another fucking hour yeah 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 and just like, you're like in the zone yeah and, I'm, yeah. and you just want to go you just want to play but yeah. you gotta like wait and like set up and all that shit yeah sound check people would hate me i'd just be like ripping in sound check <laughs> like dude shut up sound check yeah you know it's, it's i don't know it's just funny how like there's the difference between you know playing shows when i was like 22 versus yeah 40 in my 40s right you know because in your 40s i'm just like i, I just I just want, the only time I'm happy about it is when it's actually going on, like when you're mm-hmm. actually playing. But everything else that surrounds it entirely is something I just can't stomach really anymore. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I just don't play as much. <laughs> yeah, I just don't do it anymore, which is weird, right? Because like when you're young, you have that just it's it's it, the the ambition of it is so like palpable and you're just in it so hard you know mm-hmm. like this is like my shit you don't care how many people are there yeah. like you're just the fact that you are on a stage being able to play you know what i mean it's just that vibe you just mm-hmm. you love it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah even if it's just the sound guy who's never heard you play before it's just like yeah you yeah. know fuck the sound guy up yeah <laughs> <laughs> blew his mind <laughs> That's and hilarious. Really, he was he was actually on headphones listening to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, uh, your concentration now, though, obviously, for those who don't know, Brian, he's a, he's a really amazing artist, visual artist. Um, so, like, do you find that with your visual work, that like, I'm not saying is the thrill gone, but like, you've gone through some changes with that. Like, what what's what's what have you left behind, and what's turning you on now? Well, gone through changes with every with everything, and the biggest thing I've been finding lately is how how connected everything is, and like how how much the things I've learned through music and you know like skateboarding and whatever, even just like conversationally stuff like that, kind of just being able to. Um, get rid of your that that shit in the back of your head, and you can just like be in the moment and like and, and feel a vibe and like ride that ride that and, and catch capture a vibe. Yeah, like that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and that was something I was never able. I was I was never I didn't understand when I was younger. I was just so like numb to all that. And now, as I'm kind of becoming more aware of those things it really does translate across all mediums and not not just artistically i mean it, it translates into every aspect of life literally i mean just being able to sit in a conversation with someone and not not come through with any expectations not come through with like an ego i used to cuz when you're when you're younger you know you have that that ego that 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 you have this self perception that you like you need to impress people and you need to um prove yourself and all that stuff and um then when you can get rid of that stuff and you can actually let some real shit out, then that's 
yeah i mean that uh, that, that comes across in, in everything you know just having a conversation one-on-one with someone in a bar or sitting down playing guitar um art is you know that's that's where i have been most trying to apply that lately and it has been coming out but it's also you know it's it makes you vulnerable you're putting some real shit into your stuff and it makes yeah. you i like my work now more but i'm also you know it, it's it's scary to show that stuff to other people sometimes just because it's more um i don't know real or uh, i guess it's it's more real like when you're operating under under false pretenses it's easy to put that shit out if people don't like it it's just like well you know that's it wasn't really you it was Mm kind of it was kind of uh a caricature or some concoction or some particular angle as opposed to the entirety of an act so if if you're weaving all of a sudden experience on all levels into what you're doing then there is something more on the line about it because it's a more honest holistic reflection of what you're about and what you've learned and what you're doing as opposed to like uh when you're young and you're impersonating the masters or you know like i'm just gonna you know play complicated music and see if i can pull it off like it's Mm -hmm. sort of athletic or it's Mm -hmm. competitive or you know something like that and then you yeah later on you're like "I'm, i'm actually putting myself into this so yeah, I guess maybe it's a little bit more more risky. But I, I guess ultimately too, you realize that you, uh, things are cultural. All the things that inspired you were organically grown out of culture. And these people that were playing blues music on their porch or you know whatever it was that inspired you, like they didn't have any um, constructs about them. They were not, like they were just being them themselves. And that became sort of a, a cultural mark and so I think that in this world that we live in now where there's so many influences and so many things going on, it's that much harder to discern what is my place, what is my time, what is my culture, what am I saying uniquely? Yeah, and, and the, the the blues specifically, like, um, you know, where that stuff came from was a, a group of disenfranchised people that it, 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 it came from this, like, place of nothing to lose, sort of, you know? So there's no, there's no element of... Um, Oh, what if people don't like this? Or oh, what if people judge yeah, me? Blah, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's it's real shit, and that's like, yeah. The 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 more you can put all that all that bullshit in your head aside and get to that real shit, that's like, that's that's the goal of any of any artist for sh- definitely any artist. I mean, it, it should be the goal of everybody. Mm-hmm. I think you know being able to really let that that real shit out. I think that's where you get into the whole thing where if. I don't know how we would say like if you're really doing it or whatever, but but I feel like you end up finding that the creative path is like also the path of like self self enlightenment if you want to call it that or whatever that you end up you end you end up realizing that it's that it's a spiritual thing ultimately even though you've got a kind of a practice that you do that maybe a monk doesn't have yeah. it's like he's got another kind of practice yeah <laughs> you know? yeah i mean if well, because it forces, this, this whole thing of like getting rid of the ego and all that stuff yeah, is, well, is it very forces, much part of it. it forces you if you're like really getting into some creative mm-hmm. shit it forces you to explore yourself emotionally exactly, exactly. and it forces you to like really dig in and 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 call yourself and well i mean it forces you to attempt to understand the shit mm-hmm. that's really going on in there mm-hmm. and the more you can kind of um put those those emotions and those feelings into into concrete 
descriptions at least at least in your head mm-hmm. um then the more like that's why i love comedy so much that's i just had this conversation with someone the other day i love comedy because it i feel like it kind of coats some of the hardest pills to swallow in life with humor mm-hmm. which allows you to approach it in a more it, it just it just allows you to approach it at all you know mm-hmm. like that's why i love uh, when when comedians really try and make it, whether they're whether they're successful or not but the fact that people at least attempt to make jokes about the hardest things in life yeah um it's like when people say, you know, there's nothing funny about about rape or there's nothing funny about, um, you know, abortion. It's like, yeah, those are really heavy topics. Mm. And the fact that there's people saying there's nothing funny about it, like, that's why we need to try and make some shit that's funny about it because mm. that's what's going to allow us, uh, that's what's going to allow us to approach it. And mm. I mean, I, those might have been bad examples because I don't, I'm not like, <laughs> I understand. you just picked the two, yeah. the only two yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. like AIDS, we're fine with but that, no, right? I, like, that's yeah. funny now. Oh, yeah. Okay. AIDS is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like 9 11 <laughs> jokes, that's a classic right. example, yeah. right? It's like, it, there was the whole too soon thing you know so it's like how how long but once you can start to make jokes about it it's like i don't know then you can kind of start to explore some of the feelings that are that do exist there because there's a there's a ton of feelings and and people don't want to people don't want to touch on those feelings because Mm -hmm. they're so there's such strong feelings that Mm -hmm. really is it that's that's a great way to explain it because there is no um people are either on one side of it or the other some people enjoy have like sort of being kind of tickled or agitated in that way to uh-huh. be forced to reconcile with an uncomfortable mm-hmm. topic or whatever and then other people their condition responses mm-hmm. just of this kind of uh uh it's like a lever they, they of just uh-huh. um just immediate like that reverence like you can't fuck with that yeah. you know but really it is made i think of what you're talking about like mm-hmm. where people just can't um uh, handle they don't have the constitution mm-hmm. to but I think also what it is is that you know uh, I don't think that there, I think there's certain people that don't understand comedy as an art form <laughs> and, and what its role in culture and society yeah. is and yeah. has been for a long time because a lot of times when people hear humor about any sort of serious topic like that they they assume that it's being made fun of <laughs> right but what it's doing is like you're you're exploring it's that a topic you're, yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to inject humor into it so that you can you know get into it and there's obviously there's going to be there's going to be jokes that are made in good taste and poor taste mm-hmm. and you know good humor is always going to be in good taste Mm -hmm. you know you want it's it should come you don't want to you don't want an abortion joke from a 16 year old dude yeah Mm. Um, but the problem too is that it's it's prismatic and it's based on a lot of other contexts and things so like for instance like have you seen Chappelle's new special I've only seen clips Uh, so I have heard and the the reason I haven't seen it is because my internet's been out and Mm -hmm. I'm getting fiber installed Uh in my apartment Mm -hmm. and there's no like uh, AT&T fiber technicians mm. in Tennessee right now mm. oh. so I've been waiting like weeks to oh, get geez, they're all down in, they're all like down in like Florida and stuff like dealing with hurricane <laughs> stuff or what? It, where Dude, are they I don't know man <laughs> I have no idea I well, like this I like your example I just wanted to say this real quick because I think that the the people who like when you say abortion joke and people react right that like reacting like that that's that's the fucking ego right there that's yeah. that's it you yeah. know that's, and, that's, and yeah. that's what that's what like a joke is great because it allows you especially a joke about something that you're uncomfortable about because it's like it disarms you in this way where you're laughing before you can have that reaction or whatever you know what yeah. i mean so i think that that it's a good example for talking about that that whole idea of like 
the way that we get in our own way with our egoic shit you know what I mean yeah. as artists as humans whatever yeah. as comedy connoisseurs it's like when you, <laughs> yeah, it's like when you go through a really traumatic experience whatever it is emotionally or you know physically whatever and it sucks at the time mm-hmm. but then it's like you know the the classic example of being like well oh you're gonna laugh about this you know mm-hmm. x amount of time from yeah. now because you've had you've had time to sort of digest those feelings and everything and, and remove yourself emotionally from it yeah. and a lot of those topics are so emotionally charged mm-hmm. and i mean and again that's that's also what good comedy explores is deep emotional shit mm-hmm. it it, it the, it's trying to dig in find those relatable emotions that everybody has but no that not everybody is totally aware of having Mm. and like being able to relate to other people so that you don't feel alone because a lot of you know you feel alone when you're feeling a lot of these like weird Mm. crazy emotional things and um and then yeah being able to laugh about it it's just mm-hmm. like it's such a I, I forgot such I forgot about how thing. you're actually uh, such a comedy fan and connoisseur the last time we hung out uh, that was when we realized that Louis C.K. was doing the thing in town did you go to that? oh yeah how was it? it was great yeah <laughs> I, I so I saw his the, the that bootlegged set a few months before when it was released when somebody recorded it I, you know it's, it's whatever I'm, I just I love Louis so when someone when someone released his bootleg set I wasn't gonna be like oh well that's not right well I just I'm gonna listen to it yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if someone if someone puts that out I'm gonna listen to it's it it's document and I remember there was a ton of heat around it at the time and there still is I mean there's a ton of heat around him what was the temperature like in the room he's was, great this is it was zany. great dude I was I got there early yeah and oh god, I had pink hair at the time. I was such a dipshit. Um, all the all the openers made fun of me. Louis uh-huh. didn't, didn't pay me any attention. Um, someone called me gay, slim, shady. Uh, um, but I sat literally, yeah front like the, i mean the mic was right here the mic stand was i mean I, like my arm was resting on the stage yeah like it was yeah right there so being able to uh being able to see that was was really awesome it was this is at uh, zany's zany's yeah. okay yeah yeah he did like three nights i think uh-huh. or something so i'm glad you brought him up because we're talking about the 9-11 jokes and he has the best 9-11 <laughs> joke of all time did we talk about this before i don't know I shouldn't say it. It's not cool to like say other people's jokes, but well, you're I don't not, know, whatever. You're not, you're not stealing it. You're you telling, you're telling it. You just walk as vaguely yeah. through it. But yeah. basically, he says like you can tell how good or bad of a person you are by how long it took you to masturbate after nine eleven. All right. And I think I heard that one. Yeah. And then yeah, and he said for him it was in between Tower One and Ten. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, it's a perfect joke. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. He he's he's. Uh, He's part of the uh, the narrative on the Chappelle special that just came out, and um, just in general, I'm he not was gonna, in his last special as well. Yeah, so I'm not going to give anything away about it, but ultimately, you've probably caught some wind of just how people were responding to it in the media. But uh, I mean, because it was uh, Joe and I, we, you were laughing, we were laughing because like Vice Media was. Was it you're not talking about this? Like, I don't know. Vice was saying like, uh, do yourself a favor and skip, you know, Chappelle's oh. new oh, special yeah, yeah, or whatever. I, I saw it's that like, on Twitter and I was like, and I commented. It might have been you who posted. Somebody yeah. posted that. And I was like, now I even want to see it more. That's you what know? I mean. Yeah. I feel yeah. like they probably yeah. had to deal with them. And yeah, they were just yeah, like, yeah. we're going to tell people not to watch your shit, so so yeah. many more people are going to watch it. Because that's what happens on the internet. That's right. When you tell people not to do something, way more people are going to yeah. do it. Yes, the internet is one big rubbernecking car accident situation. Yeah, yeah. and it's weird because I just I just don't 
don't understand. I, I don't get the logic that people have of like, I mean, like Louis is a different situation in the sense that he's actually done these things and like has been accused of uh, what, like, what do you, what do you call it when you're at work? Um, what's it called? Masturbating, yeah, but his his stuff had to do with like he's doing all this. What do you call uh, sexual harassment, right? So and so it's like it's like sexual harassment's like a real thing. He's being accused of a real thing. He obviously was doing these real things. Yeah, Yeah, and it's at the workplace, and that's fucking shit all the time, always, right? That's different than. Dave Chappelle, who is just not being politically correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, Chappelle, and what's so cool yeah. about Chappelle is that he's like a lot of his comedy. Again, it is exploring those things that everybody feels yeah. like at least a little part. You know, uh-huh. it's that it's that voice in the very back of your mind yeah. that says something about one of those topics that you're just like, hmm. I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. I'm not going to explore whatever that voice is. Yeah. But then he's kind of like, we've all got that voice in the back of our head saying this thing. And then he he explores that deep little weird voice, and it's just mm-hmm. like why is that why is that there you mm-hmm. know? And it's like the thing I was going to get to is just that like this is this I mean some of the comedians are just doing like fart jokes or whatever, but the best comedians are always the ones, and I would also mention the bravest comedians are always the ones who are going to go to that line that they're not supposed to cross and fucking walk right over it because that's their fucking job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's their job. You can move the lines all over the place, and there's going to be comedians who are probably going to be the best comedians around mm. who are going to just be walking all over those lines like Bill Hicks and people like that Bill Hicks blew my fucking mind the first time I heard him because yeah. he was just saying shit that nobody else would say yeah. and it blew my fucking mind you know mm-hmm. but it was also I mean we didn't have the internet culture that we have now and the the whole outrage and everything that's going on right now yeah. but, but at the same time I mean he was saying stuff about you know the Iraq war and all this stuff that nobody else had the fucking balls to say yeah. and calling people out in a way that nobody else had the balls to do yeah. You know, and uh, that shit was fucking funny, and, and it was hilarious too. That's the thing. That Dave Chappelle shows, that Dave Chappelle concert is fun. All of his new Netflix stuff has been very funny, and I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> and it's, it's what's cool about the Chappelle stuff is that like I've been hearing converse like without me bringing shit up because I'm usually the one that's like, oh, did you guys see this new special? You know, whatever. And a lot of my friends who aren't necessarily that into comedy are bringing up. Chappelle's special and it's so split like Mm -hmm. it's there's some people who are just like I really wasn't into it and it's just like good (laughs) I'm so glad you don't want to listen to a comedy special where everyone's just like it was funny like fucking I don't know like Jim Gaffigan Mm -hmm. perfect example yeah Yeah. Jim Gaffigan's great yeah I love Jim Gaffigan but he's that type of household and it's safe yeah 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 yeah. he's not challenging anybody's anything you know what I mean but he's still hilarious absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah and then you I love it who do you kind of remind me of by the way who who do you think I'm going to say um, Bruce Lee. We're talking. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about comedy. I hate Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Do you? No, I don't. I just say that there was a controversy about the way about the way he Bruce Lee was Bruce Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was great. Who do but I, it was, who but, so, but someone was a comedian. Oh, oh uh, Tom Segura. Kind of remind me of Tom Segura. Oh, I can see that facially. Yeah. Tom, who? I don't know if I Tom Segura. Who is that? I'll show you a picture of him later. Okay, but is he actor? Yeah, the comedian. He's also I know, I know who he is. House podcast. If I saw yeah. him, I would know who he was. I know his wife. I mean, I know his wife. I know his name. She's performing. Hey, I know his wife. I'm gonna look him. I know your wife. I'm gonna look it up right now. Hey, Tommy, tell you, hey, say your wife for me. <laughs> you know, you're anybody say that. <laughs> say your wife for me. Wait, what were you just saying? I don't know, but I was just curious about like, uh, why don't you do stand up? Oh, I don't. I don't think I'm like. 
of like a funny it doesn't mean you have to be good at it yeah no i don't like, know just i don't tr- know if i want to like just to do it just to understand it better or something i'll probably do it once in my life mm. just to like have that experience but I don't, i'm not it's not something i necessarily yeah, want to this pursue is the, this is the picture i like <laughs> yeah. good one. Oh, that's you see good. what i'm saying right yeah yeah that's really good gosh tom segura doppelganger um but oh no what i was saying about bruce lee's depiction in uh-huh. um hollywood uh yeah quentin tarantino's someone was explaining that to me and was saying how it was a it was a caricature of bruce lee because it was like coming from a flashback a flashback that brad pitt was having at the time brad pitt's character was Mm -hmm. having at the time so it was like his memory of the situation so it was like naturally yeah caricaturized Uh, right that's what i've heard too and i I think uh we we actually talked to a guy on our podcast a couple seasons ago matthew polly who wrote a book the book about bruce lee it's like 400 pages long it came out earlier this year and um uh he i'm talking to his uh manager right now about getting him to come back on to talk about that he's been traveling but he has been one of the main guys online who you see popping up in these interviews and stuff to sort of say this is what this is the here's the real story behind Bruce Lee at that time and here's what I don't like about the way it was portrayed and things mm-hmm. like that he's also Chinese American so he's got his own ideas about you know how he feels about Bruce Lee and all that stuff so he's got a, he's got a cool perspective on it hopefully we'll talk to him about it soon well and he's partial or involved with the family so I right. think he's yeah. sort of the mouthpiece for the family I suppose mm-hmm. in a way in a way as, well, a, as a sort of this pundit yeah. or, or right yeah. well they certainly I think they're very happy with the way he handled Bruce Lee in his book and I they aren't happy with the way yeah. like Quentin I mean it's tough it's tough it's yeah. sort of like okay this is a, yeah. this is a creative thing it's a movie yeah. it's fictional it's a reimagining it's a Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie and it's a, yeah. Yeah. like have you seen Kill Bill right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like that's not the way people that's not the way limbs get chopped off that's not right. the way blood spurts yeah. out of yeah, someone's yeah, yeah. shoulder when you chop their arm off right. with a samurai sword that's a beautiful which I've movie. seen <laughs> in person yeah in real life yeah Okay, so what? Uh, what are you talking carry about? On. Totally. I'm like, we got to tell this story. <laughs> I was just ready to sit back. And I, did, I, like, I did it for gonna be the best purposes. <laughs> I was like, dude, I need to chop your arm off <laughs> to get a read on this Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Would you rather uh, be without one arm or without one leg? Dude, I would probably go either right now because the prosthetics are just like I would <laughs> kind of banging. They're banging, yeah. dude. Carbon starting, fiber, <laughs> carbon fiber, <laughs> and they're getting it to the point where you can like trick them out. Where, we know where you can feel <laughs> stuff. Oh, you can feel. They're allowing people they're wiring to start it in. like they're they're wiring it in Whoa. to where you can feel shit with prosthetic limbs. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, give it another few years. Give it another I don't know ten twenty years, and we're gonna voluntarily we're gonna just snapping that shit on. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want this old ass human arm there's gonna be people chopping their limbs off for some prosthetic shit like my arm can't be on wi-fi mm. you remind yeah. me when i was in college a kid wrote a weird short story about like a, a like a near future when it became fashionable to like chop your arms off and shit <laughs> like everybody was Just like everybody was like chopping their arm off because it was the cool thing to do <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was sort of this is like the early 90s so it's like that was the beginning of all like the piercing culture and all that really got big back then yeah. so he just sort of like took that to its logical end basically yeah. well you know like the whole, yeah, it was with the whole like uh, uh, biohacking subculture like there's there's conventions and like they, it's basically just like like people have got like plastic surgery to have horns and shit it's like steampunk oh, yeah. shit but like they're putting stuff in their body like they're, right. they're they'll 
cut open their arm and then implant like Raspberry Pi computers and shit and like they're, they're what is a Raspberry Pi computer? It's a um, very small. Uh, it's Brian's Wu Tang name. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very small open source running sort of uh, little computing system. Uh, it's like a micro computing system mm. that uh, you can configure to do whatever you want. Is that like what's that other thing called? <laughs> that people 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 use this to. Uh, to like connect like movement to like music and lights and shit. You'll see it a lot in like oh, that like culture. Connect uh, or the what there's a uh, oh, like dimension beam uh, like controllers. You mean I don't know. There's a word. Uh, there's a word I want to use. That's like a. Uh, it's like a thing like this that everybody uh, uses. Well, yeah. So, Fuck. but I just like I, that's like a thing Do that you know happened. Robbie like you, Hunsinger. No. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what this thing is that like oh. sound artists use all the time and stuff. Ah. Oh, it's some kind of like you, mushrooms? I, I'm gonna make a, <laughs> no. Oh, I just had it. God damn it. Uh, okay, I'll think about it. Let me just right. think about it. <laughs> well, anyway, but it's it's. Uh, I just think it's really interesting. Like everything everything starts with a subculture. Arduino. Arduino. Yes. Is that the same yeah, thing? Same okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. Uh, Arduino. Arduino. Barely brought it yeah. back. I barely. It's, 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 it's a whole it. ecosystem of open source software and hardware that people can use to do any number of to make a little things. robot do it a flip like, it sounds like one of <laughs> one of George Lucas's um botched Star Wars characters Arduino Arduino <laughs> so what, what is uh, <laughs> so hanging out it was with R2D2's Cantina. like third name before they the, got he's there he's one of the weird side <laughs> yeah. characters that you see the action figure right. at in the right. toy store yeah. like Arduino it's like Star Wars Arduino he's this weird he's like, he's like, he was in the back corner of the yeah. cantina he's holding yeah. like a bar rag I guess I'll collect him too he was the bar back at the cantina Arduino <laughs> Arduino barback. The uh, he wasn't old enough so to what, serve drinks. <laughs> He's waiting on his license. What's better? What's better, George Lucas, um, all of the Star Wars movies, or American Graffiti? <laughs> uh, Have you seen American Graffiti? By the way, I feel like I did when I was like ten. Harrison Ford, like just they're like just cruising around. <laughs> That's a whole movie, isn't it? It's like Midwestern. Yeah. Uh, but it also has got, it's sort of like, is like a weird, like preview of happy days. Right. Cause yeah, like, yeah. like Richie Cunningham is in it. And so is like Laverne or Shirley's in it. Yeah. I don't know. A couple of people are in it. It's true. <laughs> it is like a happy days prequel. Yeah. It's such a beautiful movie though. It's uh, Shelley Duvall's in that when she was like 13. It's, an, it's a good, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, like if you're into seventies movies, you, of course you got to see that shit. The seventies movies is my shit. They're great. Yeah, like Did the you, conversation. Uh-huh. I was I was watching this thing the other day because uh, I've seen Dog After uh, probably yeah, about you, fifteen yeah, I times. Know you love the conversation. The whole thing is just like audio geek heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of audio like tape machine porn. Uh, Gene Hackman and you know, yeah, uh, John Cazale. Yeah, so He's a genius. Speaking of right, so uh, Dog Afternoon. Uh, I learned all this like there's I re- didn't realize that on YouTube there's all these uh, people that just fully nerd out on these movies and go through and tell you all of the shit that you didn't know mm-hmm. on like a scene by scene basis of how and why this all happened and mm-hmm. all that have you ever seen Dog Afternoon by chance mm-hmm. Al Pacino so. and a couple of guys a couple of idiots trying to rob a bank but it's, it's a true story <laughs> these guys that robbed a bank in Brooklyn yeah but it's an incredible story because it's basically this guy is trying to rob this bank to get money to pay for his uh, boyfriend's 
sex change. Sex right? change. And this yeah. is like in the 70s. And so this like, is all real. And it's all real. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah, right? Yeah. Just that, but, that a fucking Attica scene is my favorite. So, <laughs> exactly. So like that in particular. So Sidney, Sidney Lamette directed this, right? And he's known for like preparing people deeply, like rehearsing everything. There's mm-hmm. no improv. There's mm-hmm. no like everything is very blocked out and mm-hmm. very thought about. No wasted time. Well, that was improvised. Um, and, and Pacino had, like one of the assistant directors was just like throwing shit at him to like yell out mm-hmm. and then yeah because there's like a crowd has gathered outside the bank and yeah. at some point he's like yelling at the cops and talking to the cops yeah. and then he starts riling up the people yeah, yeah. But that whole Attica line Attica right. yeah. Attica because the get... Attica riot had just happened like a year before that or something so yeah. it was like in the air I just love finding <laughs> out all the little details well yeah. after the fact when I'm really deeply familiar with something yeah. so it doesn't affect how I you know I love just, young Pacino too young Pacino is very different from old Pacino but young Pacino's I like both Pacinos but young Pacino's great <laughs> yeah. all the Pacinos he's got he's got, he's got like, he's like trying to do like Brando but his voice yeah. is like a lot higher and he's talking like this he's got the <laughs> yeah, it's like he's, so high he's so fiery yeah. Yeah. new Pacino's yeah. like and he's like sweaty and his eyes are bulging and it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Back then there was such a new crop of filmmakers that were just like dying to make amazing shit. Mm-hmm. And and it was like, I think about the limitations they had, you know, like running like Panavision film mm-hmm. and you got 10 minutes per mm-hmm. reel. So like that would, if they had a long dialogue scene that they were kind of fleshing out, then they would be like, okay, we're going to run like three cameras and mm-hmm. while this one runs out, this one will be, this medium shot will be kind of running and then we'll, yeah. just stuff that we don't have to think about at all mm-hmm. now. But I think that I'm a big fan of constraints. I love like, uh, not having everything at your disposal. I'm so like... Into S&M and stuff. <laughs> right, just no limits, man. Uh, I know. Just whatever. Love constraints, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Constrain me. No limits or all the limits. Constrain moi. Oh, man. God, uh, my wife and I actually watched... There was a really good documentary on that I thought that, that story was about to go a yeah. totally different... <laughs> on what now? On what? My wife and I. Uh, <laughs> but we have constraints. There's a documentary guy that's kind of like a Louis Theroux kind of character, but pr- previous generation. I can't remember his name, but he's made a ton of really amazing documentaries. Anyway, he did one on this like S&M type of joint in New York, and it is such a fascinating documentary. Wow. What's the name of it, Tina? I think it's called it's called Fetish. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, about like from it's like an older movie from like a it's different like a, era. It's a, it's a documentary um, from I want to say probably early '90s or late '80s. Oh wow, okay. Um, but so it's but it's just profound. I mean, I I didn't really because it's New York, right? So it's all like the um, the guys that are the power brokers, Wall Street guys that they the clientele they go to this place and pay all this money to be told to get down on all fours right. and like lick sweat up off yeah. the floor it's like and Wolf stuff. of Wall Street right yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like businessmen who will pay thousands of dollars to get kicked in the balls all night or something yeah. <laughs> it's crazy man that some is. eyes wide shut party shit yeah. yeah and the question is really the I think the largest question that that raises for me when I'm aware of things like that is is that a write-off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're figuring out a way to write that shit off. Uh, that's that's why it's called S and M because it just sounds like a distributor company or right. something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all part of a money grift. Yeah. Uh, I think they make spark plugs. S and M Co. Yeah, there used to be. This is a true story. There used to be on if uh, people who live in Nashville, if you know the Belmont Hillsborough neighborhood between Belmont. And well, I guess it was technically between like 12th and 8th, um, like 8th, like Franklin Pike at that point, down in that part of that neighborhood. 
Um, basically, this is if you lived on Belmont and you were driving down to the Kroger, you would pass down this this road, and um, uh, and just as you're getting closer to eight, uh, there was a tiny little, uh, like uh, what do you call it, like a cinder block sort of building, very kind of small, and it was all white, and then in big black letters, like nicely painted black letters it said S&M communion bread and it was like a little bakery basically where they literally made communion wafers and it was called S&M and that shit was funny every time I drove by it and I drove by it all the time and every time I'd just be like that shit is unbelievable there's a place there's a place on 8th Ave right now I don't know what it is it's just a building it's like right next to Grimey's and it's just called BBC huh You mean the Grammys is closed now? Yeah. yeah. On 8th. Yeah. BBC. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, man. BBC? <laughs> yeah. What, what, you don't know anything about BBC? It's British. No, not the British version. <laughs> no, 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 no. It took me a second because I was like, it's like the British Broadcasting Company. <laughs> yeah. So tell us all about what you're talking about here. Oh, okay. Let me get into the uh, BBC stuff. Um <laughs> Hold on, where's my phone? I got some. Uh, <laughs> where's my phone? <laughs> I won't get into that one. Yeah, copy, people, <laughs> copyright violation. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, people. Uh, uh, some people. If you know, if you know what I'm talking about, then you'll you'll. They know. call me. Yeah, I think if you're on comedy Twitter, you'll probably know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of uh, all the things you're talking about, um, what's happening with your uh, creative work right now? What are you into? I'm heavily into stuff. Do you have any projects happening right now or coming up? Yeah, I mean... Besides being on cruises with celebrities or whatever the fuck you're doing? Yeah, none of those. None of those coming up, I don't think. But Did, did uh, Did you hang out with Cardi B? No, we didn't hang out. Okay. Unfortunately. It took me... I didn't even know who that was until about six months ago. Really? Yeah. I'm she endorsed Bernie big. Sanders, didn't she? That's kind of uh, like she kind of got a little bit yeah. more mainstream. She's already, I mean, she's already had big hits and shit, right? Oh, yeah. 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 No, she's one of the biggest mm-hmm. artists in the world probably right now. Um, but work-wise, uh, a lot of the stuff I've been doing, I've really been going more towards the illustrative stuff and trying to simplify as much as I can. And yeah, trying to like, instead of instead of when I get an idea, thinking about how I need to operate technically and, and approach this whole thing technically, and then you just, you, you start going down this whole path of uh you know needing needing to to get that idea across in a way that's like all polished and you know blah 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 i don't i don't think we i don't think we've said a word about what it is you're actually doing so if i think you need to like also just help listeners understand like what it is that you're doing and like what your art kind of looks like if you can i know that's a shitty thing to make you have to do oh no that's all right it I, is can, I can try i can try and do that um I mean, yeah, it's all over the place. So, I, I mean, I'm a visual artist, so mm-hmm. I do a lot of uh, a lot of canvas work, like gallery stuff, and uh-huh. I also do um, large scale stuff, murals, installations, things like that. Right on. Um, so, whatever it is, I I'm doing like whatever my personal work is, I'm doing that. Ideally, ends up driving the you know the the professional stuff the that you the, get commissioned the, to yeah, do, yeah right? the, the stuff that whatever i'm putting out mm-hmm. into you know on social media this and that that's what um people see and then they approach me for that a lot of times people ask me for older stuff and that's fine sometimes but um 
you know, ideally you want to just be really focused on whatever it is you are focused on in the moment. Mm -hmm. So in the moment, it has been like very simple, quick, illustrative drawings that when I get an idea or a feeling or whatever it is, I can just bust out and then whatever that is just being able to step back and just be like, that's okay. Like that's, that's what came out in the moment. That's there's, there's something to that. And, um, and trying, trying to uh, like, like technicality wise, really focusing on being able to do that quick and be able to, you know, get an idea down as, as fast as I can and get, Mm -hmm. get an, an idea across as, um, as clear as I can with kind of painlessly and to become like how you can transmit this stuff quickly uh, and feel like it's it's uh, you know adept and reflective of what you're about yeah well a lot of the stuff in the past has been kind of practice it's all been very technically driven it's been like you know I want to I needed to again like what we were talking about before I needed to prove myself to people so Mm -hmm. it was like I want to make sure this stuff looks really good I need to make sure that people know that I know what I'm doing and um and yeah you just like want to make stuff you want to you want to impress people you want to yep. you want to you know and keep, in a tradition or in a style that is already sort of perhaps known or appreciated or understood yeah so or, anybody yeah. can look at it and just be like oh yeah. yeah okay that is what it's supposed to be yeah um and uh you know then there's the whole oh my kid could do that mentality yep. you know where it's mm-hmm. like you you have a couple of lines on a on a on a paper or mm-hmm. a canvas and um the thing about that is it is very polarizing because in one aspect it's like yeah it was very easy to do but like where where is that coming from and that's 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 what matters like what what was the intention behind these lines what what led to these lines what um if you started there it would be different as opposed to having this highly cultivated path that you've been on so that then you understand what you're eschewing or abandoning or or leaving behind it's like it's a much more conscious thing i mean Mm. the surrealists had this problem and a lot of them became uh abstract expressionists right because uh, and then, you know, so it was like, well, when they were coming up and they were getting their chops down, they were painting really detailed, really technical stuff, you know, and kind of bending reality with reality and all this. And it was very challenging. And there was a, a known school and a market and everything for it. And then you give it like another 20 years and they're doing, you know, Franz Klein, like Rothko, like they're stuff that, to where people would respond to it and say like I could do that yeah mm-hmm. and it's like no but, yeah and, and the thing is with that the thing is with simplicity it's like <laughs> edit that out yeah <laughs> um, the thing is with simplicity obviously when you start getting really technical with shit it, there's gonna be less people who are like I could, I could do that but when it when it comes to simplicity it's just like with a like with a product that comes out it's like the simplest products it's just like i could have thought of that it's like that's how you know you're onto something yeah Yeah. i don't want to say but you didn't because that's that's people's usual responses Mm -hmm. but you didn't and that's kind of the cliche response but it's not only that but but when you can really get something super simple down that's so relatable to where Mm -hmm. people are saying like yeah i totally could have done that or like i there's there's a response there that response like there's something in that there's Mm -hmm. something in people saying like i could have done that i could have thought of that whatever it is like i can't believe i didn't think of that um 
there's definitely something in that. It's and almost like the same stuff that makes a joke funny, right? Like it's th- yeah. there's some yeah essence or commonality about it that's so deep. Yeah, and it takes a lot to articulate and have the right beat and the right pause and use space or whatever it is yeah. to create that just essential thing. And and yeah, it is like this response of I could have done that, but it, but to say that I but you didn't is to say that that's actually readily available to anybody. It's not like that synthesis mm-hmm. is not just because they can understand it. That's missing the point. Mm-hmm. It's actually. A, a highly cultivated experiential iterations of synthesis and reduction and a lot of things to get to that essence. Yeah, it's not easy. Like, yeah, some of the best <laughs> jokes come from like when someone says something and you're just like, yeah, I've I've had that thought in my head so many times, and you never you never talk about it or 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 let it out because you think that it's only you mm. feeling that and it's like yeah. those things that 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 make really good jokes another when- good example actually i can think of real quick is of of that thing is like um like one of my favorite drummers is tony williams he played with miles and a bunch of people whatever but he he could play just like a four four beat on the drums just the most basic pattern that anybody ever learns or plays on the drums and when you hear him play just a straight just no hardly any there's no like inflection or stylistic things i mean he's literally just playing like on the two and the four type of thing you can hear it and hear it that it's him mm-hmm. and whatever the hell that and it's not like there's a feeling to it there's some i, I don't even know what it is I could never really express what it is. It's not mm-hmm. because of the production technique or because he's playing this highly unique uh, snare sound or something. Uh-huh. It's just, he's just playing regular shit, playing a very familiar pattern that anybody can play. But there's something like, uh, if you just like zoom into that like t- a, hun- a thousand times, like where he's playing just ahead of the note or just behind it's, the note or it's whatever. It's that feeling. It's, it's when he's, it when he's just that playing texture that 4-4 or whatever four beat. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a feeling. He's in the moment. He's feeling that 4-4 four, four beats so much that there is there's that 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 truth yeah that's coming something out something transfers it. that is actually an, there has an identity about it yeah mm. and which people, is nuts and people mm. feel that 100 yeah. percent. and it's the same thing again it's it, it goes across all mediums like when you do the same thing with illustration there's like some of the really simple illustrations when anybody can look at it and it's inspiring like when you hear, hear that 4-4 beat and you you feel whatever that is like when when you when you get that feeling across you can get it across any way you want but when you get it across and sometimes the simpler the better like if it is just in a straight 4-4 beat that's going to be more relatable it's it's going to be a lot more relatable than some crazy weird time signature and right. like all this shit and the same thing with illustration or uh, I mean well, the same thing with anything but like with illustration um, or no let's I, I keep talking about illustration like with skateboarding uh-huh. like I love like one of the best things is just like when you see somebody just like crack a perfectly clean ollie or like kickflip across a gap and you just you 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 watch them and you feel it uh-huh. because you you feel them feeling it mm-hmm. you know like when it's just simple and it's just clean and there's that there's that that feeling in there and that and that feeling's tough to get i mean it's got to like your head's got to be clear you really got to be like you know in the moment like with the board and there's that there's that relationship between you and the skateboard and and it uh 
it's like all the you know um I don't know, like like Bruce Lee talks about being the water mm-hmm. and all that stuff, so being the water in the glass mm-hmm. and and all that, or that might be that might be a different reference. But he talks be, about water all the time. Man. But yeah, like 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 cheesy eighties movies where they're playing basketball and they're just like be the basketball, you know, yeah, stuff right. like that. They're talking about like feeling it. It's like because yeah. if you're if you're too up in your head and you're all analytical and you're just you're trying to think about angles and right. like like what I'm doing, how do I get the ball right. in the basket? Then you're not going to have that feeling. But when you can like relax and be in the moment and you're actually like feeling that basketball or skateboard or, or pen or you know mm-hmm. drum drums or whatever it is um like that that feeling can you can you can get that flow, out and it's flow like state. yeah flow state mm-hmm. exactly and um and like with uh what was i gonna say i don't know yeah but yeah flow state <laughs> as soon as i said flow state you were like yeah <laughs> and then just stop but you can do it conversationally you I, know, took you you can do the, I took you out of your zone you broke my flow bro. I, bro- I broke your flow by talking about flow you threw off the emperor's groove yeah well i mean i you know i think that um i think that it's anybody that i i think does work that i really appreciate generally does a lot of different things or seemingly different things because i do think that they're just by applying thought and energy to skateboarding and to illustrating and then painting and then even the things that you actually admire but don't necessarily do in terms of comedy or whatever else, that richness is what makes what somebody does something more special. <laughs> you know, I think the, uh, you know, whereas, you know, Joe just shreds. Like he's just, he's basically Yngwie Malmsteen. <laughs> no, uh, no, but uh, <laughs> really? No, I play guitar, but I'm not Ingvae Malmsteen. <laughs> what, what would be like the pun? Like the like uh, what's like the you know like there's Com Trues and you know like all those names where people mix up the celebrity name to make their new artist name. What would be the the Ingvae Malmsteen? Mingvae. Youngstein or something? What would it be? I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's a new trend. Like if you were uh, gonna have like your band name, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Ingve Malmstein would be Mingve Yalmstein. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's what you do is you just just flip the letters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, kinda. Yeah. Com true is Tom Cruise, right? Uh, Com Trues. Uh, well, the Chixie Dicks. whole world I don't know about. <laughs> is that a the thing? The Chixie Dicks. The Chixie Dicks. It should be. Did you just come up with that? No, I feel like I heard that somewhere. Right away. Yeah. I don't know if you Chixie can trademark it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, coming, yeah, that's, that'd be, they, they should literally have a band called the Chixie Dicks at, like, play or something, like a country music, like I'm a, sure it's a LGBT thing. country music band. It's gotta be a thing, yeah. <laughs> that is really good. Yeah. So we're incubating ideas here. This is part yeah. of what we do. We're starting a band. We're, we're starting, starting, we're starting, we're talking, about, we're talking <laughs> about Chixie Dicks and, and he's like, incubators. <laughs> this is what we're going to do, guys. We're starting a band. No, but it's, uh, every. I like how every every good stoned conversation that starts to arrive at some, some conclusion it always is like, dude, you know what we should do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always loved that phenomenon of like, dude, you know what we, dude, we should totally? Dude. Yeah. Like how many, how many, that's where I, how many ideas have gone to die in that exact place? <laughs> yeah. Because the next thing that happens is you never do those things. <laughs> but that's probably some real shit though. I mean, that's like coming from a place that's like, even if it, even if it is in the moment, that's why I can't ever get too mad. I don't know when people are like, oh, this person always says they want to hang out and then they never do or something. It's like in the moment, they probably really did. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then 
people are complicated though yeah know? yeah and a lot of people have complicated yeah. lives and that, so that, that's what i was going to talk about with that feeling before the oh, feeling yeah. stuff with that is that like that that shit comes and goes i mean it's some people have it for forever and i think if you have it if you have it from a very young age i think it's probably very overwhelming and usually in one discipline probably yeah i mean whatever it is but and that's like i've I've always kind of related it to the 27 club sort of and how a lot of those you know very influential artists died at such a young age Mm -hmm. and they they had such a such an an impact on the world with their art and everything it's because they probably didn't have a whole lot of uh shit keeping their feelings from just that that feeling yeah. from coming out and that's yeah. like that's that's not easy to deal with if you're not equipped to deal with it mm. and um and it's one of those things as, as i'm getting older i mean i never had it when i was younger i mean at all it's completely numb and as it as it kind of comes in and out you know as you as you the the first time you feel it it's just like it's crazy you don't know what it is and then and then the more you kind of um the more it kind of comes and goes you you realize what you know what what are the factors that are leading to it what are the factors that are keeping you from feeling it are you talking about feeling this flow state or what's what's the feeling that you're talking about i think that's what you're saying yeah flow state basically yeah Yeah. but and i think i don't know if they're directly connected but just in the moment thing right being in the moment and and getting rid of those things in the back of your head that keep you from okay yeah so like if we're having a conversation right now and in the back of my head i'm like what i'm saying is stupid then you're not yeah. going to be able to really get your thought out. You right. know, then your thought is going to be clouded in insecurity and caveats mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like all this shit that doesn't that doesn't add to getting that thought right. out. So the more you can like get rid of all that shit and yeah. just really be in that moment and right. and and base your behavior on the feeling in the moment and not have expectation because that's what I was saying before the expectation sure. like whenever I go into a situation and I have too much expectation it just it it kills it it yeah. kills it because it's because you're not you're not feeling the vibe you're not you're not rolling with the feeling you're you're bringing your ego and expectation and and self image yeah. whatever however and you none think. of those things are in the present mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's completely disconnected from uh, yeah and it's all like you're you have like a you're it's like all about like an unconscious desire to like control this shit, you know, because you exactly. you want to define it and understand it all before you even yeah. get there. And it's like, or you could just let it be amazing or yeah. just let it be terrible yeah. because probably no matter what you bring into this party, it's not helping. It's only going to get in the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause it's con- only going to be what it actually is. And the control <laughs> thing is huge. The control thing is huge. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something I've had to be aware of with myself and you don't, you don't realize it in the moment, but then you step back later and you're like, I was very uncomfortable with whatever it is. I was whatever situation I was in. And I was like really trying to control it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's when you're trying to control it, that's that like outside thing. That's just like, I don't understand this i don't feel comfortable <laughs> with this i need to like i need to control it i think yeah. it's different like or i think it's interesting with uh when you when you think about it just for physical activities or things that you do because like i, I just think about playing soccer basketball uh i've done a lot of skateboarding in my time when i was younger snowboarding all those things it's like you have to uh throw yourself at something in a way with a certain amount of abandon but with this background kind of um view that you're it's like you 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 program yourself to to do that to let go but then when you're in it you're just making then you're just kind of making micro adjustments but you're allowing yourself also to fall or fail or whatever but you have to be like sort of loose 
and you have to come at it like so if you're just shooting this is a good word if you're just shooting jump shots to get warmed up and you're just trying to get your flow you can sit there and be thinking about form and i need to make sure my elbow is really underneath the ball here and whatever all these things or you can just like go out with the normal sort of swagger that you had the last time you were playing and you were on it and even though you're bricking every shot now you're just thinking about small adjustments like i just need to put a little bit more on that like and then and then then you're already loose so there's a way to i think be technically minded but only with the precept of being sort of loose and having uh having at it in a way where like if you're skateboarding let some things not go well like whatever trick you're trying to do or whatever you're just act it's almost like fake it till you make it but not you're not faking it you're just sort of reapproaching it from this very loose like where was i when i stopped last time and i had figured out all this stuff Mm -hmm. and then you kind of pick it up from there as opposed to like always starting from scratch like okay well today i'm going to yeah i had a weird thought the other day while i was skating and i'm gonna we'll see if it makes sense while i when i verbally articulate it right now but um yeah same thing so like when you're skateboarding it's very physical and there's there's a lot of physicality that goes into it you need there's there has to be like certain muscles engaged and certain things that are working in your body in order for that in order for it to work properly you know like you need to be you need to be on and there's some days where it's just a struggle and you just can't feel shit and your body just feels like garbage and you're stiff and you just everything's hurting and and all that and you're fighting it feels like you're fighting with the board you know Mm -hmm. and um and so i was skating i was yeah probably high and um and as i was as i was going through it i i i was like let me reapproach my mentality right now instead of getting mad at myself for not feeling the way i i should or whatever it is and struggling with this board i'm going to kind of like direct my attention to the skateboard and approach my movements from the needs of the board uh externalization in a way interesting yeah yeah and so it was that again it's that it's that reciprocity it's that relationship between you and the skateboard and then in doing that then things in your body are naturally going to kind of fire up and and open up like those 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 muscles that are supposed to be activated in your hips that might not have been because you were sitting down all day or something then just by making sure that 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 tail of your skateboard gets cracked right you know right in the the perfect center of gravity that it's supposed to get cracked to get that good snap and get a good ollie then once you start putting that that feeling into the board itself then it's like those muscles are going to turn on but when you're when you're just thinking about those muscles and what's not feeling right in yourself and you start to judge yourself and you get frustrated and you lose that feeling and it's just again it just clouds your mind and then i found that as i was as i was uh yeah kind of doing that then it was just naturally that relationship started to kind of open up those things in me that i was struggling with so much to open up myself i can see that like uh with playing drums or a lot of things where it's just like if you just you're trying to do something and you're having trouble with it just take pause and reflect on the depth of the tonality of like what is in front of you or you know like calm down for a second and just like ring out a chord and make sure everything's perfectly in tune and just feel that for a minute and then like reapproach. Yeah. But if you come into it like I'm I'm gonna ingve this thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, then then that's problematic. I mean, because then you're 
your yeah your I like the idea of like your to not impose yourself on what it is but to become more one or if not deferential to what it, the medium is yeah it's like going it's the same thing we were talking about it's going with the flow of it as opposed to trying to like control it when you're trying so hard to struggle and control the board or the basketball or the drumsticks or whatever it is then yeah you're going to be all stiff and uptight because you're frustrated trying to control this thing but then when you can just like flow with it then and again it's it's tough man it, it shit comes and goes sometimes it's sometimes it's on for weeks and then you lose it for weeks sometimes it's like hour by hour um but I've just I've found that the most important thing for me is like what I was saying before like not to judge myself for it like if you if you do lose it just like chill relax give yourself a moment to kind of get back into the pocket get back into the moment like feel out whatever it is you're feeling and um and yeah just allow yourself to to get back in the moment because if you just get mad at yourself then you're just gonna you know you're gonna be just more in your head than you were before everything's just gonna be brown yeah in your life brown and gray <laughs> well um all right so we should probably cut it out of here but listen i would like you to tell people where they can find your um uh, your things you know like the things that you do like with the internet you can go to brianwooden.co that's my website that i rarely ever update and then you can also find me at brian wooden on instagram and all that fun stuff W-O-O-D-E-N-B-R-I-A-N-W-O-O-D-E-N. Yeah, I get pissed off. Don't you get pissed off when people say, is that with an I or a Y? I'm like, fuck you. I is de facto. Do I look like a Brian with a Y? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's up to those motherfuckers to specify which letter they're using. We are de facto, right? It's like a Brian with a P. I have no bitterness uh, about this promise. Uh, Joe, what do you got going on? You got. You're always doing so many things. I don't really have anything to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff like in the process or in secret or just not ready to happen yet. Yeah. So uh, does, does it involve German firearms? Yeah, I was I was uh, at my buddy's house. Where I've been working on a record for too long, but I. I we pretty much have finished the vocals as of last night finally and nice. um yeah it was fun we just had i had like cut like two more songs and then we got those done and then um uh and then he has a bunch of guns so i was like looking at all his german guns Whoa. <laughs> well that's kind of rad yeah it was fun yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right well uh, hey thanks everybody for uh listening and thanks brian for taking the time for real uh, it guys. means a lot like it's never something we take for granted for people to take time out and come hang with us and I shoot, love it, man. Yeah. shoot the shit about weird things yeah um, so uh, yeah I don't I probably have some things going on but I can't remember what they are so who cares whatever um, <laughs> hey everybody uh, take it easy thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned for the message following this it'll tell you how to like you know do things like support this podcast so we can keep uh, bringing it um, and also Joe and I are we have a, a, a plan to get rich real fast and so we need you to help us do that just by giving us your money we're gonna be rich Joe I can feel it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright catch everybody later appreciate it Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. 
I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.